This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Natalie Allen from Achievers, and our topic is companies are struggling to say thank you. I can't wait to kind of get into this. I've known Natalie for a long time. I love the work that she did. She does at Achievers, and so we're going to kind of unpack this, and uh, Natalie, would you do us a favor, the audience a favor, and introduce both yourself and Achievers? Yeah, you bet. I'm happy to. Great to be back with you. Sure. Um, so I'm the chief workforce scientist at Achievers. Achievers was founded in early 2000, so 2002 is I Love Rewards, and really grew from a reward system to an all-in-one employee engagement platform called the Achievers Employee Experience Platform. So, you know, we have customers, you know, big Fortune 500 customers, Discover, Samsung, Cracker Barrel, PwC. Um, one of the things I love most about what I do is uh, at Achievers is I'm really the, the resident culture and engagement nerd. And, um, and I work with our Workforce Institute, which is our research and insights arm of Achievers. And we, you know, we're data scientists, researchers, employee experience experts, and we are dedicated to understanding more about the workplace experience and then using data and research and science to inform everything we do from our thought leadership to our, you know, uh, our technology to really fulfill our mission, which is to change the way the world works. So it's, it's really cool stuff, a great group of people, and I'm excited to get a chance to talk about some of our um, insights with you. So when Natalie says that she's a nerd, she's actually a, a PhD, uh, she's really a nerd. So some people say they're a nerd, but you're actually, you you went to school to be a nerd. Uh, and so um, as I love that. I love what the uh, Workforce Institute, the Achievers Works Institute, I love the work y'all do because you're, you're just trying to help customers understand and, and prospects, just the, the general public understand kind of what's going on. And I know you do a bunch of, uh, the, the Institute does a bunch of surveys. So let's, let's talk about, you know, this concept of struggling to say thank you. Like, yeah. how did we get to, in your opinion, how did we get to this place? How did we get to the, where we're struggling to say thank you? I think that, you know, the pen, it's a great question. And I actually think the pandemic has really offered um, a, a, an interesting perspective on that question and on the answer. Because I think that we've um, not with poor intention, but have just becomes complacent in the workplace. The you know assumed you know people know I'm I'm grateful and appreciative, or or you know thought to myself you know I'll, I'll walk down the hall and say thanks for that tomorrow, or um, you know the, the by way of um, sending a thumbs up that folks know that I you know I'm appreciative and I and I have thanks to to share. And what happened with the pandemic is that we all went right remote, like overnight. And so even though many of us were already working remotely, the, you know, the whole world went remote. And so it made it much more clear and evident that we had to be intentional um, if we were going to connect period with our employees and with our colleagues. Um, And that, um, 
And that one of the data points that came out, it's always the, the data on the impact of, of saying thank you and the impact that that has on retention, on performance, on overall engagement has been around for over a decade. It's really powerful data. But what came out is that during this pandemic, employees were saying, you know, it's actually, I'm not getting thanked. I'm out of here. So people were really naming this lack of gratitude as one of the very top reasons that they were looking for other employment, taking calls from headhunters, um, contemplating where they would go once the pandemic, you know, quote unquote, ended, or at least slowed down, which is what we saw, you know, with the um, great resignation. So I, I think it's been, um, you know, it's been a, a, a slow roll and was was not as obvious until it it um, until we sort of hit the wall in terms of the employee experience. And then saying thank you became clear that um, as a as one of the huge issues happening out there in the workplace. How do we how do we teach? Because I, I agree with in, intentionality. How do we teach? Because you know, if 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 we understand, you know, actions have consequences. Uh, how do we teach folks that maybe it's just not natural uh, for them? Maybe it's just you know that's just not a something that they grew up with or uh, whatever. That's that just that's not the how they're wired. How do we teach folks intentionality? I think there are two main things that I think about when trying to um, really empower and engage people in the process of thinking and recognizing and appreciating each other. One is really naming what you just named, which is that it, it doesn't come as naturally for many of us. And, and in fact, we need to do far more of it than we even realize. Um, so if you look at developmental psychologists who talk about children and they, you know, for every, um, piece of feedback you give a child, you should be providing 10 pieces of positive reinforcement. And that's a, that, that, you know, those, that ratio is pretty astounding. So, you none of us really operate in that way in terms of delivering, but we all respond in that way in terms of receiving mean all of us with, you know, consistently over and over, we see people respond incredibly powerfully to recognition. And so one is just sharing the data, just telling folks, especially leaders that recognition has a very strong statistical predictive impact on, again, retention, performance, engagement, et cetera, et cetera. And then second is that we need, we know that we have to train. So, um, we saw in one of our, our most recent research um, report was our state of recognition report and which we published just last month in April. And um, 90, what we found is a really interesting um, split where 90% of HR leaders say that they offer training to their employees around how to recognize and be appreciative and thank um, their team members. And only 41% of employees say they've received training. So I think there's also this disconnect, right? Where leader, HR leaders like, we're, we're telling you how to do it. And employees are saying, we're not getting it. Like we're not getting it in the way that it's working for us. I love that. When you, when, you know, for the audience, when she's talking about a study and you, you can go and look on the, on the website and go download the, the 22 state of recognition report, you know, they're talking, you know, lots of responses. Sometimes when you, when you, when you see studies on the, on the internet and especially from, from vendors, it's, you know, maybe a hundred people is what they call business valid, which I've, <laughs> I, I hate that phrase. Uh, y'all, y'all did a much, much bigger uh, survey size. This is, this is like six, 7,000 people. 
So this is a large sample size. So you can trust the, the results. When you look at the data, you can actually trust when they pull out the, the results, it, you, you can trust it uh, more than you can some of the other things that you see on the web. Um, where's, the, where's mental health and, and burnout play into some of this? It's like, like it's, and I'll, I'll give you some context. At the beginning of the pandemic, I saw a lot of empathy. Like we'd study, you know, and it's still do today, but not as much. At the beginning, we were all shell-shocked. And it was like, how are you? You started golf calls. How are you doing? How's everything? How's your family? You know, how's your, you know, this, that, and the other? Uh, are you sick? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then obviously through two years, two, two plus years of that, you've got fatigue, Zoom fatigue, and just mental, you know, health issues that are kind of coming out and high rates of burnout, how does that impact or how do you see or is there a connection between that and either people not saying thank you because they're just in their own worlds and, uh, and, and or the employees not feeling the thank you because <laughs> they're in their own worlds? Like, like do, you, do you see any intersection points between kind of the burnout, mental health, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, what we would see as kind of some of the things that have happened because of the pandemic. Uh, absolutely. So we actually and uh, published a research report at the very end of 2021 on well-being in the new world of work. And um, the data, as you can, as you've just alluded to, William, is, you know, really, striking and, um, and worrisome. So we had, you know, 48%, so almost a half of employees reported feeling, you know, significantly stressed. Um, and that four out of five of those employees who were feeling stressed were thinking about it, looking for a job elsewhere. <laughs> and yet, you know, then they're moving and they're fine. You know, the stress is following them. Right. Um, and, um, and we know that we know that there's a strong relationship between, you know, lack of well-being and turnover so employees who say that their employer doesn't help support their well-being are twice as likely to look to say that they are regularly thinking about looking for a job elsewhere. Um, we also saw that same gap I just referenced, a similar gap, I should say, between HR and employees. So HR saying, you know, we're, we think we're doing a pretty good job of, of care, taking care of, of the well-being of our employees and employees saying, my organization is really not. Um, and so... What that speak, says to me is we need, if, if, if I leave, you know, our time together today with one message, particular to leaders, it's we must be asking our employees what they need and how we help solve these problems for them, as opposed to assuming and putting programs in place or putting initiatives in place and, and you know, assuming that that's the right solution for our employees. Um, and, the, and then the last thing I'll mention, you know, on that piece is that employees who who were are meaningfully recognized so those who said they received meaningful recognition which is different from just saying hey thanks are twice as likely to report a high level of physical and mental well-being and twice as likely as um, others to say that they feel capable of managing their stress at work oh, so wow. recognition is like this superpower right um it's it's really quite phenomenal so for folks that you know maybe maybe they think they're doing a good job at saying thank you. There's probably some underpinnings of, of how they could do that better. 
take us take us into that if they think they have a, a thank you culture and they think that that's enough or good enough and clearly it's not by the data uh, from the employee's perspective what 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 are some of the steps that you get you give for them to kind of go deeper and make sure that they're on the right path I love that you're asking that because I think um, it's really quite simple but it is specific right so I don't think I want anyone listening not to feel like oh this doing this recognition right is kind of overwhelming or it's going to be such a heavy lift with our employees it's 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 honestly really not but it is there are specific things that tip the scale towards having recognition be highly impactful so we had 64% of employees in this recent research study saying they prefer more meaningful recognition as opposed to more frequent so there's you know they're saying don't just give me a thumbs up once a day, give me, you know, once a week or once a month, a more meaningful recognition. And there were three factors that, that were identified um, to comprise a meaningful recognition. One, it's about something specific that I did. So, you know, thank you so much for um, putting that research together in that report and sending it over to me. So um, not just like, Hey, you're such a great colleague, really appreciate you, but something specific I did too. It's about me as an individual or about something I value. So, you know, be so I would say that, you know, hey, um, William, you know, this is like, I love how you um, bring levity and humor to really important discussions in a way that allows us to move the ball forward, right? It's like about you and that makes that much more meaningful. And then three, it's about the way that that person made a difference to the receiver, so when you did that, you took a load off my plate or, you know, when you took that call with me, you really eased my concerns about, um, about helping that customer. So those are the three factors specific. I did something about me as an, is a unique individual and how I made a difference. Those are the three factors. You can't over index with meaningful recognition. You can't over index on highly personalized is kind of one of the things I'm getting. Yeah, you can't. And um, I mean, and I think the the real test is just considering, you know, ourselves, when has gratitude or recognition or appreciation felt really powerful to you? Right. Right. I mean, I have a note on my desk, um, Bill Rock, who's a who's a, a senior leader at, at, at Vail. Um, he and I've worked together for for decades and he sent me a handwritten note, which he does with some regularity to, to folks, but he sent me a handwritten note years ago, really quick. It was like two sentences long. And, but it was, it, that, it met all those three criteria and it sits on my desk because it meant so much to me to receive that from him. So I think, you know, if we all think back and like, what really is powerful for us, that's, that's the right measuring stick. I love that. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, you know, while I had you uh, on the phone is just camaraderie and what you've seen in camaraderie in kind of, you know, through this last two plus years and, you know, easy to do in an office. Like I remember going to the I Love Rewards office, hmm. you know, a hundred years ago in Toronto. And it was, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was a fantastic experience. So I guess. Like I yeah. could see it, it was like woven into the fiber of achievers of having a fantastic experience. So how do you how do you build camaraderie and and, and again praise and 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 gratitude and and intentionality? How does one do that 
remotely or in a hybrid culture? Like how, what's, what are you seeing right now or some of the best models for folks to look at in, in kind of this new world of work, if you will? Yeah, and this is the, the the question of the hour, I think, right? How do we, um, HR leaders, are we, I speak to many leaders on a regular, you know, different leaders on a regular basis, either by speaking at conferences or just working with our customers and clients. This is what they're struggling with. How do I create a sense of connection? So we actually published at Cheapers Workforce Institute, we published uh, a model of belonging last year that really outlined five pillars that create an experience of belonging for employees. So very specific and actionable. And pillar number five is connection. And the question is, right, how do we create an ongoing, consistent, um, meaningful experience of connection when we are not in the same building, or at least not in the same building all the time? And many, for many folks, never in the same building anymore as, as colleagues. So one, it's, it's, we have to, we really have to, you know, re- reinvent the model. Um, and, it, you know, I think during the pandemic, we were more like putting a Band-Aid to try to, you know, do what we used to do, but online. And now, now we have to think of new tools. And so one, we have to be really intentional, can't be ad hoc in the way that, you know, used to occur. Can't say, hey, this is a great time. Let's all gather, you know, in the break room and have a moment together. We have to be intentional. There's um, a lot of... Um, data that's starting to, you know, anecdotal data that's starting to suggest that, you know, a hybrid experience has power. So one or two days a week, having employees coming together at the same time. So they get that injection of connection and, and, and relationship. Um, and, you know, the other piece is that, um, you know, continuing with what we were just talking about around recognition, that recognition actually plays a big role in being the glue or, you know, the connective tissue inside organizations. It actually um, outweighs the perception of a fair salary as a driver of employee advocacy, job commitment, and productivity. In fact, 52% of employees said that feeling recognized for their work would actually reduce the negative impact of a salary freeze. I mean, that, you know, some of these data points really blew me away because we, we, are coming out of this pandemic realizing like we need connection more than ever and that we we really were starved for it. And um, and so we have to come up with creative ways to um, to connect people that's sustainable. So two things I wanted to cover uh, before before we end is one is is leadership. What's the role of leadership in a thank you culture? And the second part is, uh, these are bolded, you can actually take one, one of them in any order you want, is how do we train people on, on, on a thank you culture? Yeah, I love that. So I think for, for leaders, one, the, the place I would start is, is one that we talked about a few moments ago, which is um, suspending disbelief about the the huge power that recognition has to drive exceptional outcomes. And I often say, you know, you don't, you don't have to be, um, you know, smitten or, or even bought into the idea that, Hey, you know, I want to create a kumbaya experience and culture. You can even go just down to the basic fundamentals, which is that recognition increases performance and it increases the business bottom line. So one it's, it's, it's really, buying in to the fact that recognition is not a nice to have. Um, thank you is not just like icing on the cake, but it actually has a, has a really powerful impact on employee and business performance. And, um, 
And, and when leaders model recognition from the top, the, um, the power then multiplies throughout the organization. So we know that managers who recognize um, are far more likely to have employees who recognize each other and, and the people beneath them. So there's a, a really significant trickle-down effect. Um, also, just you know, for managers, 75% of employees who are recognized at work recommend their managers to others. Now, is it just recognition? Surely not. But recognition is a powerful, um, in fact, in our manager empowerment model, it's one of the four powerful factors that lead employees to say, my manager is exceptional at what they, at what they do. Um, so, so I think, you know, that's, that's a really important to, for managers to be, be aware of and be focused on. And then in terms of training, um, you may back to, you know, when you and I used to talk during round peg days, which was, you know, our culture in, uh, and measurement and management platform, we talked a lot about keeping culture simple. And the same is true for recognition. It, you've got to keep this simple or, or people, you know, we're all too overwhelmed in our lives to add something complex on top of everything else. But if you keep it really simple and say, you know, and help, um, help managers understand that recognizing every employee at least one time per month will have um, an outsized impact on the work experience and the performance and the, uh, the stay power of that employee is super helpful. And then going back to those, you know, those three factors that we talked about, make it specific, personal, and, um, you know, speak to the way that that individual made a difference. That's it. So, you know, keep it high level and remember that it's, it's frequency. So at least once a month that matters, there's not a, you know, not monetary. In fact, most employees said they put social recognition above monetary recognition. Um, So it doesn't, doesn't require money. It just requires a quick minute to send a recognition that makes someone feel um, like they truly matter. Drops mic, walks off stage. Natalie, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I love talking with you at any point I can. So just thank you so much. It was my great pleasure to be here and um, I'll come back anytime. You know, I will. Thanks so awesome. much. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.